Hey MW, it's Melissa and Stephanie Kirkache, two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women and your host of Millennial Women Talk. We're so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. By tuning into this episode, you're investing in becoming the best version of you and we are thrilled to be on this journey together. Are you trying to get pregnant? Do you want kids but want to wait a few years? Or are you wondering when menopause will hit? Yep, we said it, menopause. There are so many myths and misinformation around our fertility. But co-founder of Modern Fertility, Carly Leahy, is changing the way we learn about how to better take care of our overall women's health. Alongside Carly's co-founder, Afton Betchery, they created the only comprehensive fertility hormone test that you can take at home. It's an easy and simple way for women to get the information we need to make decisions about our fertility and what works for us. There were so many insightful moments on this episode, but here's some of our favorites. Actually understanding your fertility is the most empowered thing you can do to take control of the life you want to live and live the life you want to live. And that sort of transition was really, really impactful for me. It's a space to start talking about and connecting about how other women are sifting through this stuff. And I, I will say that I've always been a skeptic in the like, if you build it, they will come as it relates to community. But I have been proven so wrong in this in this regard. It's something that women are getting from, you know, from friends or family and, and women want to see how other people are making sense of it all. Okay, MW, the journey to getting closer to the best you starts right now. Carly, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is super fun. I feel like I'm hanging out in your living room. (laughs) Well, you kind of are in a virtual sense. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you and who you are. Well, hello, everyone. I am Carly Leahy. I am the co-founder and chief creative officer of Modern Fertility. We are a women's health company focused on making fertility information more accessible earlier in life. We're waiting longer to have kids. We've got stuff to do and we need more data, more science, more information about what's going on in our bodies to help sort of arm us for what comes next. And I'll, I'll say that it may be surprising that uh, a co-founder of a fertility company is a chief creative officer. And we can talk a little bit about that. But my background is on the brand and creative and marketing side of things. And I think my whole life, I really thought that to start a business, you had to be a finance person or a, you know, a consultant. And that's really not the case. Um, knowing how to talk to people, how to build a team, how to build products that are useful for people is really important. So I, I try to tell creative people that the world, the world needs them. The world needs their, their instincts and, and their wisdom. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's very valuable to know because I do agree with you on that. Um, Carly, tell me a little bit about, you know, what got you started in building this business? Because this is literally like pioneering and revolutionary for our generation. Walk me through why did you want to start this company? How did you start this company? And a little bit about your journey. Great question. So the fertility system, unfortunately, is set up so that we actually don't learn about our fertility or what's going on in our bodies until we actively are having trouble conceiving. It's kind of backwards. So I kind of got lucky in that I got insight into into that space early through my co-founder, Afton, who was really well steeped in the fertility space. 
And when she and I met, uh, we started talking about this problem of fertility hormone testing not being super accessible. And at that time, I literally had my fingers in my ears as it related to baby stuff. I was like, I'm a career woman. No, thank you. I don't need to know about babies and fertility. Not for me. And I kind of shut it down. Uh, But a little part of me kept ruminating on this fertility thing. And I started doing what I what I do when I don't understand something, which is read. And I started reading clinical studies. I started reading books. We now have an egg book club that we can talk about in a little bit. In a little bit. <laughs> um, and I couldn't believe how much there was that I did not know about fertility. And I talked to my friends. My friends didn't know about these details. So it became very clear to me that actually a blind spot, a thing I had sort of been shoving away because it wasn't you know, it wasn't, I didn't think it was career focused or, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to sort of understand it. Um, actually understanding your fertility is the most empowered thing you can do to take control of the life you want to live and live the life you want to live. And that sort of transition was really, really impactful for me. And I started to realize, Hey, your blind spots are sometimes the thing that you're most well equipped to help other people uncover. So Afton and I teamed up to to build Modern Fertility to make sure every woman could have access to what her hormones were telling her in her body as it relates to fertility so that she could have a more informed conversation with her doctor um, and get the kind of information that we we had trouble accessing. Right. So I want to kind of go... So I feel like a lot of women right now are either trying to get pregnant or they want to get pregnant, but in the future... Or some women are trying to avoid pregnancy altogether. Can you tell us a little bit about why why is it so important to know about your fertility? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And every woman is at such a different phase in their life, has such a different relationship to to this kind of thing. Not everyone wants kids, and that's okay too. And to be able to see where you are before you're ready to do this is something is something that is so needed for modern women today because we're waiting longer to have kids. We, we, the average age in urban areas in the U.S. of first child is 31, which actually, when I say that, some people are like, that kind of seems young still. <laughs> still. But you know, a decade ago, it was 10 years younger than that. Yeah. Um, so as we're waiting longer to have kids and we're preventing pregnancy our whole lives, it's become this sort of like prevent, 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 OMG, why aren't you pregnant yet? kind of situation without anything in between. So what we're really hoping to do is create that space, open up that dialogue to have conversations around, hey, I think I want to have kids one day. I don't know. I don't know when. I may or may not have a partner, but I'd like to see where I am and keep tabs on that over time and proactively have a discussion with my doctor about it. Or, you know, I'm looking to have kids next year. I'm engaged. i I've got this plan. Where am I? What can I expect? What sorts of planning should I should I do? What sorts of things can I can I think about? Or, you know, I already have one kid, but I was older when I had my first. What does that mean for my second? So, um, you know, no matter where you are in your in your journey, being able to have access to your own fertility health information is so important to be able to to go into those conversations eyes open. Um, I do want to make sure it is crystal clear that your fertility hormones are just one piece of a very complicated picture. Uh, age is still incredibly impactful as it rates, relates to fertility. And your hormones are another data point that you can use as you talk to your doctor. And they're a better predict- predictor of future fertility than just relying on age alone. 
but there is no test or no sort of crystal ball for, you know, can I get pregnant? Can I have a kid or not? And women are smart. Women get that. You know, we, we check our cholesterol, we track our steps knowing nothing is ever a guarantee, but we want to put ourselves in the best possible position to be able to, to meet the kind of family goals that, that, that we have for ourselves. Absolutely. It's it, that's very valuable information. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, the test itself, right? So, so how does it work? I know this is like an at home fertility test, but it's just like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost like too good to be true. It's like, this is amazing. It's saving me time and it's actually getting the information that I need saving you money and saving us a lot of money. You know, walk us through the process of actually, how does the test work? Sure. So here's how it works. You head to modernfertility.com where you can request a test. That request is reviewed by a physician and you get a test that you can take at home. It's a simple finger prick test. You prick your finger, you let the card dry and you send it back in the mail. It's processed by our lab and it's reviewed again by physicians before you get access to a fertility dashboard that walks you through, hey, here's where your hormones are. Here's how they relate to fertility. We go into you know all the ins and outs of fertility and reproductive health 101. It's almost as if you know instead of preventative sex ed like we all had in high school, you know don't do it, don't get pregnant. Um, it's a personalized in, it's personalized information <laughs> <laughs> that helps you understand how this whole thing works and how your hormones relate to that. And it's really important to us. We talked a little bit about how every woman is on at a different place in her journey and understanding how this relates to her, her goals in the future. It's really important that every woman gets support and questions answered in her own way. So we are a wellness test only. We don't provide medical advice, but everyone who takes modern fertility can chat one-on-one with a fertility nurse. Uh, sometimes it's just great to be able to put these levels into context and talk to somebody who's you know been working through these hormones with patients for 30 years. Uh, we also have a, a modern community. It's a it's actually on Slack where we talk about everything from reproductive health to what's going on in the news, and sometimes those things collide, as you know. Um, and then we have weekly live webinars that we call eggnars. Um, and when when you get your results, you have the opportunity to come in to learn fertility one hundred and one to ask questions anonymously. Um, and then you're able to keep track on this over time uh, to see how your hormones are are changing. And I'll also say last thing on the like how it works and what this is almost almost too good to be true. I hear that a lot. You know, how has this not existed before? And to that, I say it actually has existed before. It's the exact same hormone panel that a reproductive endocrinologist will test when you walk into their clinic and you're having trouble conceiving. We're just bringing that same exact panel to women earlier and making it more accessible. Um, finding a reproductive endocrinologist, there's only 50 in the United States compared to 50,000 OBGYNs to put that into context. Um, and you know, the visit can be expensive. Insurance doesn't cover proactive fertility very often, let alone, you know, infertility. You have to prove you've been trying for a year in order to, to get, you know, testing and potentially treatments covered. So this is really a way for any woman to say, you know what, I want to know where I am. Um, and I, want to have a clinically sound, neutral resource um, that is going to tell me, you know, give me information about fertility that I, I can use to, to arm myself and to start a conversation with my doctor. That's amazing. And I, I want to talk a little bit too about the information that you receive back. So once we submit the test over, we do everything, what sort of information do we get back and how can we better understand our fertility really in general? 
Yeah, great question. So if you head to our website, you can actually see my co-founder Afton's real fertility report. <laughs> um, we're all about trans. We're all about making this not taboo. So she and I have both, you know, shared here are our levels and here's what they mean. So um, you can get a sense for what that dashboard actually looks like. Um, you come in and you see what your hormone levels are, and you also see how they relate to things like ovarian reserve or your egg pool, how many eggs you have. The key hormone that we're testing to assess for ovarian reserve is called AMH, anti-malarian hormone. And to get really nerdy, it's secreted by the cells surrounding your follicles and your follicles hold your eggs. So it serves as this proxy of how many eggs you have and it, and it changes in line as, as you lose eggs over time. And that is sort of the, the fundamental crux of age and fertility. You know, we're born with all of the eggs we ever will have. We lose them throughout our lives. And by the time we hit menopause, you know, those, that number ticks down to zero. Um, and before we hit menopause, there's actually a very important transition, the menopausal transition um, that, that can affect fertility, you know, before we, we hit that menopause, which is the average age of 51. So you'll get all that information. Ovarian reserve, we touch on ovulation because that's so important. And um, general general wellness hormones like your thyroid, testosterone, and we explain you know why a doctor will check in on thyroid when you're trying to get pregnant and what that has to do has to do with pregnancy. Wow, wow. So I, I really want to get a bit real here, here right? So <laughs> I'm single. I I definitely want to have children at some point, right? I'm a little bit on the end scale, so I'm 28 currently. Society, family, we definitely, I've already heard it, you're getting older. But now with this kit, I'm actually going to really know. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how can I feel empowered with this, with this information and not necessarily fearful of what I get back, right? Because sometimes it's bl ignorance is bliss, right? So now that I know this information, how can I feel empowered by it and not necessarily so fearful? Sure. And I, I, we have talked to thousands of women, tens of thousands yeah. of women about this exactly. And the resounding feedback that we get is, oh, actually knowing how this works, actually knowing what's really up helps clear up some of that mystery. This kind of like, uh, I don't know, you know, grandma's asking me about kids and, and, and I, and I don't want to know, you know, that is your, that is somebody that is a choice and that is totally fine. But learning how it works is is so important in 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 being able to kind of like control some of those some of those potential fears. And I I think the the first thing we always say when people take the modern fertility test, and you can see this on our in our science pages, this test will not tell you that you are infertile. No test can say sorry, no go. Um, this test also won't tell you you're good to like wait till you're fifty. That is not that is not a thing, <laughs> but it can help you understand what's going on in there. And, and, and I think information is the best antidote to some of this sort of like wonky worry that I can relate to a thousand percent and has really helped me. And, you know, um, many, many of the women who, who have, have tested with us and who are part of our, our community. Honestly, it's it, this conversation is really making me more prone to knowing. Like, I actually want to get a kit now. <laughs> and honestly, around you know our studio right now, all the girls like in the background are like, "Oh my gosh, I have to get this right now," because <laughs> it really is. You know, there is power in knowledge, and and 
in knowing yourself and even in our journey, we're all on a personal self journey. I mean, how empowering is this just to get to know yourself even deeper? Um, how often should we be taking the test? Great question. Dr. Nataki Douglas, who is the chair of our medical advisory board, recommends that you retest every 12 months. Fertility declines with age, as we talked about a bit, and your hormone levels, particularly AMH, decline in line with that. So um, it's actually, you know, by testing over time is really how you understand how things are changing, what that delta looks like, what that, you know, quote unquote, fertility curve could look like. And we always say every woman has a different metabolism, right? Every woman also has a different fertility curve and understanding what that could look like over time uh, is, is, is super impactful for a modern woman these days, for sure. And it's pretty interesting because so much of the information that we have around fertility is based on a population of women coming into an infertility clinic having trouble. So actually being able to track hormones over time in healthy women is is the way to really change the system instead of let's you know solve these problems at the end of the system let's let's do a better job at making sure women have access to what's going on in their bodies we it's it's crazy that no one teaches us you know we're born with 2 million eggs and they take down to zero at menopause and you know we ovulate out of we take turns ovulating out of each ovary all of these all of these delicious little things that are uniquely ours we should be able to own and have access to. Absolutely. I, this is going to be like a two-part question, but for example, f- how you were saying now that, you know, you should be able to know this ahead of time. Don't wait for the actual problem to go ahead and figure out what's going on. You know, what are some of the healthy steps? Obviously we take the test, but what can we be doing in terms of our overall health to say, okay, how do we make sure that we continue to stay healthy within our feminine health? That's a, that is a great question. And the first thing, the first thing I will say is, unfortunately, you can be the healthiest person in the world, like quote unquote, healthiest person, drinking all the green juice, doing all the yoga, and you could still have fewer eggs than average for your age. You could still, you know, these, these things are not necessarily black and white, unfortunately, but we do know that there are very clear uh, lifestyle factors that do impact fertility. And those are smoking and BMI, being underweight, being overweight, you know, can affect ovulation, can affect conception, and can can affect pregnancy. So we live in this world where there's so many things that we can optimize, right? Like we can save for our finances, we can network for our career. Fertility should be something that we're able to keep tabs on, we're able to optimize. At the same time, it's not super clear cut. You know, you can't necessarily take a vitamin and be more fertile or, you know, eat a healthier diet and be more fertile. It's a little bit more nuanced than that. And the science just, the science just isn't there yet to be able to tell us, okay, this is the perfect way to live in order to optimize your fertility. But what we can do is understand where we are. We can look at the things that definitely affect fertility, like I mentioned, BMI and smoking, and we can do the best we can to, you know, to plan accordingly based on all of those inputs. Right. And for example, I know that obviously it's not one size fits all. We're all so uniquely different in our bodies, but is there some sort of commonalities that you've seen women our age or millennial women in specific kind of face that, you know, what challenges are they facing with their fertility that you've kind of seen time and time again, if any? Yeah. So this this is a great question. And again, I am not a physician. That's why we have an amazing yeah. medical <laughs> advisory board, but we see... <laughs> you know, more and more women come to us and say, 
you know, I think I have PCOS or I was diagnosed with PCOS. Um, one in 10 women has P- polycystic ovarian syndrome and it can affect ovulation um, and it can absolutely affect conception. Um, and a really interesting thing about PCOS is often it's marked by irregular periods and, um, you know, we'll put women on the pill to regulate their periods. But if you have PCOS, you've been, regu- you know, you've been regulating with the pill and then you go off the pill, you haven't been ovulating that entire time and you don't know it, um, that can, that can be really tricky for your body to get your body, you know, your body back in balance. So PCOS is absolutely something that women are asking us about all the time. September was PCOS Awareness Month and we did a PCOS webinar with uh, our resident clinical expert. And there were so many questions, so much engagement. So it's just really clear to us that women are women are sifting through a lot of misinformation. They're trying to find resources to support them. Um, the Google wormhole is real. <laughs> and we are trying to to help her, you know, take a look at where the science is, what we can say, what we can say, what we do know, what we don't know. And modern fertility is always going to be that clinically sound neutral resource that helps you navigate all of it with zero stake in the matter of what you choose to do. Because what you choose to do with the information is is completely up to you and and your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking a lot about misinformation and definitely I feel there's a lot of that out there. Um, You that you're so involved in the field. I mean, this is your work. What are some of those myths um, that you consistently hear being said that you want to break right now on this podcast? (laughs) Great. great I'm so glad you asked this question. One myth is that IVF works for everyone. It does not and we've seen more and more like, oh, well, uh, you know, if, if my company covers it or, or, you know, fortunately I can afford it, I'll, I'll just, I'll do IVF and it'll be fine. And it, it just does not work for everyone. So I think, I think just being completely aware of, of, you know, the, the outcomes data is really, really important. And, and I will say the same thing about egg freezing. You know, egg freezing is not a guaranteed insurance policy. It is an amazing thing that exists for, that some people may have access to, but it is, you know, still ex- still expensive and inaccessible for many, many people. And, and it also does not guarantee you, you know, a child in the future. So I think it's really important that people that people understand that. And I think we're seeing a bit of, you know, just you know, pay that pay a bunch of money and solve this problem. And that 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 just that just isn't the way that that fertility works. I think like, you know, even beyond what you guys are doing just with this kit is so incredible, but even more so it's the community that you're building, right? Because we need allies in this journey. Um, I think society sometimes is hard, even family, you know, depending especially on your culture, cannot be as supportive as, you know, women going through this at the same time, whatever that may be. Um, So you would say in Modern Fertility, your main community lives on Slack or where can women really join in the Modern Fertility community? Yeah. So the Modern Fertility community is on Slack and you can head to our website, modernfertility.com to to see more info about the, the community. We find that it's a it's kind of like having a text thread with your friends through Slack, which has been really interesting for us. And I think you're absolutely right to be able to have a space. I'm starting to call it like for the in-betweeners, you know, 
whether you're not quite sure if you're going to have kids or you're in between your first and second kid, or it's this, it's a space to start talking about and connecting about how other women are sifting through this stuff. And I, I will say that I've always been a skeptic in the, like, if you build it, they will come as it relates to community. But I have been proven so wrong in this, in this regard. It's something that women aren't getting from, you know, from friends or family and, and women want to see how other people are making sense of it all. So it's been it's it's been really cool to see women helping other women and just creating space for these dialogues in between. We're in betweeners longer. We're not wives or mothers as early as we used to be. You know what does that mean? Or we don't have two kids as early as we. You know. So uh, I think being able to continue to to keep those spaces really useful and helpful um, is a huge is a huge focus for us. While also keeping them very clinically sound and always having resources to to dig into the science to to support women in that way as well. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to kind of tap a little bit about, which is really funny when you think about this, because we're just, we're in millennials, menopause, you know, and thinking about that, I saw, and you had mentioned a little bit earlier too, that you guys also offer a little insight as to how early or how late do we start our, our menopause, which I found fascinating. Talk to us a little bit about that and how that really, that information would benefit us. Oh, I'm so glad you want to talk about menopause. <laughs> so I, I was talking to a menopause expert a few months ago, and she said the best thing that I must tell you. She said, she said, I can't wait for millennials to hit menopause and normalize the shit out of it. <laughs> uh, and I thought that was just so funny and so true because, you know, women, when we, when we, you know, when we head toward menopause and we experience menopause, there are all sorts of symptoms associated with that. And, you know, in the press and in the media, I think about Mrs. Doubtfire, where he's dressed up as a woman and he's getting yes. hot flashes. It's this totally, you know, like over the top sort of de- de- depiction of what happens to a woman. And it's 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 so twisted. And her, her this expert's point was, you know, like millennials won't stand for this. You know, like we will like wave the menopause flag. We will make sure our companies are supporting us through menopause because we will be in the C-suite or we will have young yes. children <laughs> waiting longer, right? We'll be going through menopause while having young children. It's just a whole nother ball game. So menopause, I, I find, I mean, I find menopause uh, fascinating. And it's the thing that I think is, you know, most interesting is it's normal. Everyone goes through menopause and it, and, you know, it, it can be emotional and confusing it can also be really liberating. We, um, you know, we've talked to a lot of experts who who say women in their sixties are, you know, the happiest, most vivacious that they'll ever be. And how cool, how cool to think about that. Nobody tells us that. We just think, oh, we want to stay young and fertile and all these things, and you know, the rest is bad. And that that's not necessarily the case either. So that's a long way of saying um, AMH, the hormone that we talked about earlier, has been tied to menopause onset. So if you have lower AMH than average for your age, you could see an earl- earlier menopause. The average age of menopause in the United States is 51, and you tend to lose fertility more drastically you know, up to 10 years before that. So that means 41. And if you're likely to hit an earlier menopause, yeah, that could be 38. So so it everybody is different, but being aware that it's not just one day you wake up and you've got no eggs and like you're out of luck. It's it's it is a it is a slow transition that escalates as you as you head toward menopause. And being able to understand sort of like that that escalated decline is is really, really important. Wow. And this this information is included in the results you get back? Yes. Wow. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. And and we do not tell you, we do not tell you here's when you'll hit menopause. That's impossible. But we'll help you understand based on your hormone levels, you could expect this or this as it relates to menopause. Here's the science of menopause. Here's how to talk about it. And it is a great idea to ask your mom when she hit menopause, because there are genetic correlations. And I kid you not, it took me starting a fertility company for my mom to, and she actually read a blog post that we wrote on this on Mother's Age of Menopause. And she, you know, sort of sat me down and was like, I need to tell you something. I hit menopause really early. So I, and she, you know, she and I are close, but we never, you know, you know, we're, you know, Irish Catholic don't really talk about menopause every day. Um, so ask your mom. Um, it's, it's, it's helpful to kind of understand how, what her journey looked like. It doesn't mean it's going to be your exact journey, but it's, it's another good, good data point. Yes. You know, I just have to say something. It's just so fascinating. You know, millennials really are normalizing a lot of just natural things. A lot of like normal things that became something you should never talk about. And the conversation we're having now is so amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's just so amazing. I, (laughs) I just have to say that. I really do. Oh, we're going to make menopause so cool, you guys. Like, we're going to be like, <laughs> so cool. Hell yeah, it's menopause. Like, whatever, you know? Yes. So I'm that. Uh, we're here for it. We're, <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so I'm bringing in our content producer, Maciel, because this is such a conversation that is a must-have. So she has a question for you. <laughs> yes. Hi, Carly. I feel like I'm a caller. <laughs> like I'm a radio caller. It does feel like a caller. So I wanted to know, um, being that you have all these channels where women can support each other um, throughout their journey of learning about their fertility or infertility issues or and everything that modern fertility is doing, do you find that women are asking um, about ways to include their partners in the conversation? And um, if not, like, what are some of your tips to kind of, again, us millennials, we normalize everything. So what's a way that we can include our partners so they can be allies as opposed to confused and frustrated parties? Such a good question. And yes, all the time, every day we hear, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to talk to my partner about this, or I want to start a conversation about this. Um, And we've heard everything from this was a good conversation starter. You know, I decided to do this and I explained it to my partner, whether my partner was a, is, a, is a woman, a man, and this led to a really good conversation about XYZ. We've dug into this a good amount. We have, if you go, I keep talking about our blog, but uh, we like to nerd, we like to nerd out. If you go to our blog, we have a, we have a blog post on how to talk to your partner about, about your modern fertility results and the experience with some tips, but I, I, I absolutely hear you. I think one of the biggest challenges with this whole fertility thing is for years, for decades, it seems like it's the woman's problem or like the woman's issue or the woman's thing to figure out for the couple. And even if your partner is incredibly supportive, um, it's still sort of more on the woman and that is something that we are absolutely trying to change. So, you know, one thing to note when it comes to infertility, male factor is a big deal. So the sperm quality is a big deal. It's not always, you know, an egg issue or something that's going on with a woman. So we try to do a lot of education around around that um, in addition to supporting women in, in how they can have their this conversation with their with their partners. And if you pop into our community, you'll see that that's a huge theme 
and and women are sort of report back on some of the conversations and it's fascinating. And I think I think sometimes it's really helpful to have actual information to like be the basis of a conversation like this that can otherwise feel scary or I don't know, emotionally wrought. So we see that women women like having, you know, this dashboard to walk through and to sit down and to talk about and to to be able to sort of make make a plan together. But I love that question. And I think that's so important when we think about what modern fertility should mean. It should mean that, you know, women and their partner, whoever that partner might be, couples have the information that they need to be able to to be on the same page and to build the kind of family they want to build in the future and to both be really informed about the realities of fertility. I've heard a couple of times, my boyfriend has said, oh, just freeze your eggs, you know, and that's not a guarantee. So being able to, to have information to inform some of these conversations um, is, is, is really important. And we have, um, we have much more in the works in terms of supporting women with their partners, no matter who their partner might be. Oh, that's so exciting to hear you have stuff in the works. I cannot wait. I mean, this conversation is so amazing. And yes. thanks so much, Masia, for jumping in because yeah. this is what it's about. You know, you have these doubts. You have these questions. Like, ask them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that we have to end this conversation. <laughs> but um, Carly, if if you have any advice you can give to a millennial woman surrounding fertility, what would it be? I would say check in, be curious, understand what's going on in there. If you, you know, if you don't want to test your fertility hormones to see where you are, get you start the conversation with your doctor and come in come into your next OBGYN appointment with a list of questions and 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 start to keep tabs on it. I I think just being aware of it and embracing it as something something that is, you know, so interesting about your body and something that you 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 can be an active participant in. I think is really important. Um, we hear all the time, you know, I don't even know if I want kids or not, but I want it to be my choice. I don't want it to just be inertia or I don't want it to be decided for me. So there are many little things that you can do to sort of keep it, keep it active in a way that helps you feel like, like you're in control and you have more options and resources than ever to start to really dig in under, and understand um, how fertility changes over time and and what you can do to to, to build the family or not build the family um, that you want, whatever whatever ends up being the right decision for you. Absolutely. Carly, this has been such an honor to chat with you today. Thank you so much for being on our show and sharing so much value with our community. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. It was really fun. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more, please follow at Modern Fertility on Instagram and visit modernfertility.com. Subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. This helps us continue to bring you powerful conversations just like this to you every single week. Want free and discounted resources? Sign up right now to our free newsletter at wearemillennialwomen.com for subscriber-only freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. And as always, we encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW, always love Melissa and Stephanie Kirkache.